Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. I hope that looks don't deceive I ain't got time for true confessions Gotta make the move right now Got to meet that girl somehow Get it right the first time, that's the main thing Oh, I can't afford to let it pass Hello everybody and welcome to Billy Joel A2Z We've got a great show for you today as we are talking about Get it right the first time. That's the main thing. Starting off the G's with this episode. Get it right the first time is the eighth and penultimate song of Billy Joel's epic sensation, The Stranger, and was released only as a B-side of everyone's favorite song, Don't Go Changing. <laughs> but always e- funny. Always Elon funny. being the stickler he is, we'll call it just the way you are. But whatever, Elon, what is Christopher Bonanis's 2015 ranking on this classic Stranger Song album? Get it right the first time. I think Bonanos would put this at 68. You are very close. You're right on target. He put it at 59. He likes it. And and so do I. Just a little spoiler alert. And so do Uh, I. Yeah. <laughs> and the Newsday, Glenn Gamboa actually ranks it at 87, which is completely unacceptable, I think. And the fans rank it with Christopher Bonanos at 59, where it exactly belongs, I believe. Yeah, it's hard to put any song from The Stranger too low on the list. And it's such a fun song. It fits really well in the album. Uh, I think 59, 60s, that's a good place for it. You are so right. And it is such a fun song. And I love it. I mean, listening to it again, and this many times I think about this song and I walk around and just kind of sing and get it right the first time is like the because I I don't know, maybe I just was remembering, but then hearing it again and playing it in its full glory. I love it even more now. It's a great song. I love I don't know. It really reminds me of Stevie Wonder. I like the la la's. They're always in my head. I'll just be singing la 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 like in my head all, all the time. This song's in my head more than many other songs of his. This song made me so happy when I was listening to it today that I went, I left my computer and I went to my bedroom and just started spinning around singing la, 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 like the pig and babe. La, 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 <laughs> we got we got to get video of you spinning around in your bedroom singing that and sending oh, it off you to our listeners. Seen it. Yeah, it was just uh, yeah. I don't know what happened. I was in such a good mood. I had my arms up in the air and I was just spinning. La 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 la. It's a happy song. <laughs> the only thing that kind of ruined the song is by doing research when it's been described as a kind of a disco song, and I never think of it that way at all, or as like a dance kind of song. That that's made me feel weird because I never pictured this song that way. Do you? No, never once. However, when you're saying it like that, 
And I was listening to it again today and doing a Billy Joel podcast and kind of rethinking the way I listen to songs. I said to myself, because one time we had spoken how a lot of Billy Joel songs are very timeless. You don't know what decade they've come from. You know, something like, you know, a classic example is the Nylon Curtain or, or you know, Innocent Man, which is they're all from the 80s and they don't sound like any 80s songs I know. So this one has a definite 70s feel to it. So if you're calling it a disco beat, which Billy Joel says it's a full on disco beat. And how could you not be aware of the disco beat when this album was made? Then it does make sense in a way. It does have a 70s feel to it, whether it's I don't think of it as a disco song at all. I think it's got more of a bossa nova feel to it. But I there is a 70s feel to this one. It is not timeless as a lot of his is. I, I would recognize this song from being from the 70s. Yeah. And I think it was Christopher Bananos who pointed out that like some of his songs having like a sax solo in them definitely makes them feel 70s-ish. In this case, no sax on the final version, um, but they went with flute instead, which also really does put it in that time frame. It's so strange to hear flute solos and songs. But it's a great difference from that demo where they used a saxophone instead, where it definitely sounds like a 70s cop show or something, uh, you know, with, with the sax solo, the flute makes a difference. Yeah, that demo, it was kind of strange because... I don't know. It's like slower. It's heavier. It's not as fluid. Even the way he sings the la la la's, they're not they don't flow together. He's like la 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 la. They all have like a distinct ending to them. And it was kind of jarring. I what I really like about this song is the 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 way it builds up. And it just says, I got to make the move right now. Got to meet that girl somehow. You know, it's like I, I think that's those are great lyrics. Got to meet that girl somehow. It's it's great. And, it you know, when I think about lyrics like this, it doesn't it it shouldn't fit on the album as the the greatness of the stranger. But it totally does. And even Billy Joel says, well, this is a song that where, you know, you have this intensity on this unbelievable album. And this is like a breather, even though it's towards the end. It's like, uh, well, let's, let's just lighten it up a little bit. And it's right. necessary. Yeah, he calls it lighthearted relief. That's what it is. It's like a palate cleanser. And then you get into everybody has a dream to close it out. And that's and heavier, you know, so it's it's a nice little uh, uplifting thing in the middle. It's a great song on an amazing album. And it really just makes you happy. And it's one of those songs no one ever really talks about, you know, but just be it's not fair because I feel like if this was on a different album, it would probably have been a hit. But it's, you know, it's there with so many other unbelievable songs that it, you know, one has to get lost in the shuffle. I think we've talked about that before with Thriller. You know, there's two songs that just got lost in the shuffle. They'd probably be a hit on anybody else's album. Yeah, you have nine songs on The Stranger. Four of them were singles. So this is unless something went terribly wrong, like an Artie Rip situation. This song was never going to be the single from the album. Right. And that's the thing you say. There's only four singles from the album out of nine songs but eight you know seven of the songs are still just so popular they might not have been released as singles but we all know them and he plays a lot of them in concert still so it's you know it's more they back if it had been around innocent man time they probably would have released all seven yeah, that's what they were doing back it then. It was an, an 80s thing was to release a ton of singles exactly so they probably would have released the other ones on it as well but I like it. And it's it's funny. I was thinking of the La La La's <laughs> and um, I guess I, maybe I forgot there were La La's and I 
really enjoyed it. I don't know. And I, w- I was looking up why people put Lala. So, you know, is it just a lazy way of not wanting to put lyrics? You know, like I'm like, ah, I got nothing. <laughs> uh, but when I was looking it up, it turns out that Lala's or Nana's or humming is they serve a purpose to evoke emotions or even memories and listeners that couldn't be put into words or that weren't terribly specific. It allows the listener's mind to wander where it will guided by the singer, but not forced into a specific narrative. I like that description. It also is good for someone like Billy who wants to become an international star. If you have non-English speakers, they can always sing along to the Lala's. Oh, that is you're so right. Exactly. And they also say that the L and N, as in Nancy, are considered soft consonants. So it sounds more natural than other consonants. Yeah, it would be weird if he was like, when you do that, when you do that, you love doing it. Reminds one of your parodies when you're doing the chicken one or something. Oh, yeah. It always makes me laugh because I feel like you've gone crazy when you do those things. Which song was that? It also had la-las, right? That I made into chicken noises. I don't remember. That's right. I can only remember that noise, but not what song it is. I know it was terrifying and funny at the same time (laughs) because you were so into it. That's why. Yes. All right. So did you see the Donny Osmond version of this song from the Miss USA 1980? (laughs) I think we can agree that's the definitive version of the song. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is, I thought he did a really good job with it. I thought it was excellent. Yeah. I okay, thought he that's... did a really good job. You know, no one does that song and he's dressed up and he's singing and it fits in a Miss USA pageant. I, I guess. It. I feel like I don't understand. I mean, he's, you know, his reputation is a real cheesy, right? Like poppy kind of guy. Super yeah, white bread. So. He, for him, I feel like this was like, you know, how, the way Glass Houses is Billy Joel's rock album. I think this was like his hard rock song. Yeah, probably. But well, so you didn't grow up with Donnie and Marie and their whole thing was she was a little bit country and he was a little bit rock and roll. Just a little bit, clearly. Well, they, they sang that song every week. I'm a little bit country and I'm a little bit rock and roll every week on their show, which was a very <laughs> successful, popular show. So he was the rocker of the group, even though he's known for that song, Puppy Love. But it, 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 I, I thought, I don't know. He's an interesting guy. He's not, a, I don't think he's a bad guy. He seems like a very nice, every time you've ever seen him interviewed, he's been polite and nice and seems to understand his place in the world. And I thought he did a really good job with it. The way he was even moving and stuff. It's a little lame. It's really lame, but if you're going to go for it, I thought he went for it and I liked it. Well, yeah, he definitely went for it. They had the backing singers. Um, the whole thing was it's so cheeseball. I mean, it really look Billy's version. I like a lot. This version, I could never let anyone know that I listened to. Um, <laughs> right. I have a theory. I have a theory of how this happened. I feel like his manager was like, listen to the producers of the show. You better give my client a cool song to sing. And I don't want to come back again. So you better get it right the first time. That's and the main like, thing. All right. I guess that's what he wants. <laughs> well, I thought it was very entertaining 
and I don't know. I guess I have a thing for Donny Osmond. Like, there's something about Donny Osmond. Like, I always want him to do well, and I want him to be happy. I, I guess he just puts on that emotion. He'd only be happy if he could marry his sister. Obviously. Well, who wouldn't? She's still really sexy. <laughs> she lost a lot of weight with Nutrisystem. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> well, they all seem like a nice family. I mean, they. I don't know. They're all polite. They're all Mormons from Utah. Who knows what they really are thinking, but. They seem okay. I've grown up with them. So I guess that's the thing. I would love to have Donnie the on the thing. show. I think we, we should figure out why this song was chosen for that performance. It was two or three years after this album came out, and it was such a strange song to pick. You know what the thing is, Elon, is that that doesn't seem like a hard get. <laughs> Donnie Osmond. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't think so? Do you? I think it would be. I think it would be hard to get him on the show. I think, how do you reach this kind of guy? Everybody's reachable these days. We got to find one of the lesser Osmonds and then tell them, hey, text your uh, 12th brother. Maybe Jimmy? Is there a Jimmy? Oh, there's a Jimmy, all right. Here he is with a new song from our Osmond Christmas album, Our Brother Jimmy. Jimmy was kind of the uh, kind of the Janet Jackson. He also went off on his own. He wasn't really part of the Osmonds. He was too young, but then he did his own stuff. He did all right. <laughs> well, you didn't like Jimmy Osmond? What's the matter with you? You know <laughs> never, what, Elon? Never heard of him. God, you're so picky with your musicians that you like or don't like. You like Billy Joel, but you don't like Jimmy Osmond. I don't get it. Well, now it all makes sense why you were twirling around in your bedroom earlier. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Unfortunately, it does. It really does. What about the fact that Billy uses la, 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 la in Piano Man? Well, you know why? Because it evokes an emotion without putting words to it. <laughs> but do you think being that that was first and that's so rather iconic because everybody sings it, do you think he was worried that he's like, well, I've already kind of done a song with a bunch of la la's. Should I be worried that I'm also putting it in a song a couple albums later? I don't think so. I don't. I bet he didn't even think of it in that kind of way. I mean, I, when we've seen these like behind the scenes shots of him producing, like kind of composing his songs, he'll often like have placeholders that'll sound like La La La's or the one where he did the Ba Ba Booey. Right. What was but that? Uh, Blonde just... Over Blue. Ba 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 Boo. <laughs> so right. I think that... Um, at some point in the process, he always has that in his head. And depending on who the producer is, you know, I guess, uh, you know, Phil Ramon was like, you know, maybe that kind of works that way. Like, well, let's try it with the la la la's. And then if the producer says it works and he likes it, why put words in? Well, I think it really messes up the whole album. I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> Unlistenable. Yeah. <laughs> it really kind of ruined the stranger single handedly. I only listened to the first seven songs and I turn it off. I've never even heard everybody has a dream. You did the right thing. That's exactly what I did, too. And, you know, this uh, song appears on the fourth track if you had it on eight track tape as a kid. I, I did not. It didn't exist when I was a kid. No, it did not. It didn't exist. I mean, it barely existed when I was a kid, but it did for the year that it came out. It came out exactly as this album. When I got a stereo for my bar mitzvah, I had to have an eight track tape player with it because that was the new thing. And it oh, lasted cool. for about a year and then it was non-existent anymore. <laughs> My, my version of that is I got a Walkman when I was in sixth grade that had AM, FM radio on it, but also um, TV sound. So I could tune into like NBC and hear the TV. 
Oh yeah. I used to love, I was so happy when they came out with that. That made me so happy that I could listen to TV while I was walking, just even listening to it. And then of course it got better that I could watch it on my phone. It's a dream come true. <laughs> did you see that little interview that Billy Joel did about this song where someone asked him, he was sitting in front of his motorcycles and they asked him about it. And he basically had like no recollection for why he wrote it. And he even said that he never has played it live, which is not yeah. true. He has played it live. Oh, is that right? Oh yeah. yeah. He, What's the story with it's live? He's played this 22 times live all from 1977 through 79. Oh, but I can't believe he doesn't remember this because it was always in the encore. It was an important song in his set. Oh, well, but that's, I think what he's saying is, and that was obviously a much later interview, which could have been three or four years ago. Maybe let's just say it's even five tops, or even if it's in any of the two thousands, he's not thinking about that. He's thinking about what do I do in concert now that I haven't made albums for 20 years or more? you know, what is my standard thing? And it's not get it right the first time. So I think that's, you know, that's his line of thing. Of course, he's playing it when the album first comes out. But yeah, that's I don't know why it's so great. I don't know one person that doesn't love it. I mean, I can't imagine somebody saying like, yeah, that, that, that song doesn't do it for me. It's a great it's a hidden gem in many ways. I guess I think you could call it that it's a hidden gem on an album chock full of gems. Yeah, actually, I think this is maybe one of the most surprising songs to see that he hasn't played it live in over 40 years because it's on The Stranger. It's a real uplifting, fun song that people like in concert, I would assume. I mean, from the 70s uh, audio recordings that we have, it seems like the crowd's really into it. Uh, it's of all the songs he's brought back. He's never brought this one back. I like this song. I like the message in the song. I like when you just are, it's all just about trying to how to pick up a girl and how to talk to her. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. And I like it better than everybody has a dream as a song, but thank God they didn't end the album with this because they, they got it right the first time. Cause that's the main thing we're going to see. This is just like easy money all over again, but <laughs> no, it's uh that that's the, yeah, you couldn't brilliant to not end with this song because you could throw a song like this. Well, we'll just put it as the last song but it wouldn't have completed the brilliance that we talked about with everybody has a dream, which we were all gaga over the fact that it does bookend, or even though it's this stranger whistling back that does bookend it quote, but wow. You know, we talked about this already. What an ending. So this was, you couldn't end with this song, but it sure is a, a great song. I think it's a great song and it, it, it's one of those, it, it belongs on the album and it doesn't belong on the album at the same time, but because when you look at the album as a whole, it, it works. Right. And it was a very eclectic album. And actually, it was kind of funny about this is this song, you know, it has its bossa nova beat. So it's like got like a South American feel. And only the good die young. Originally, he wrote it as like a, a reggae song. So he was really doing like some world music, like Latin American kind of stuff. And luckily, they changed that one around. But it would have been kind of funny if he had both of those songs on the album in those kind of styles. I think it would have changed the whole complexion of the album. But luckily, as they were at the Supreme Macaroni Company, Phil was like, all right, break, I think we should keep in the, uh, keeping the law we're definitely keeping that strong. I just picture him with his mouth completely full, wearing that stupid Yankees jersey. He's spilling sauce all over it. <laughs> That's how I was talking. Really, we're going to you got to keep the law laws in. It's going to work. Trust me, I don't know why I picture it with a full <laughs> mouth of food and all that time. Just, because it's the Supreme Macaroni Company. That you know they give you good portions. Oh, you got that right. I think it's so funny that like you always picture that they're at some like real small mom and pop, like little Italy kind of Italian restaurant. 
And then it's called the Supreme Macaroni Company. I, it's like being like, yeah, we were at the Cheesecake Factory and we just yeah. wanted this great idea. I just assumed it was like Rayo's or something, that famous Italian place in New York City that I've never been to. But the Supreme Macaroni companies, I believe the last I went there, it was there was one in Jersey. I went there with my grandmother and my mother one time and they did not have macaroni and cheese. And I was furious and I called the manager over and he's like, oh, yeah, we don't sell that. I'm like, you don't sell. And I went, I mean, I went off, but I mean, I was smiling while I was saying it. I'm like, I'm afraid you're going to have to explain to me exactly why the Supreme Macaroni Company does not sell macaroni and cheese. And he goes, well, we can make you some. And I'm like, well, well, that would be delightful. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, I was nice about it, but I, I had to know why they just put it on the menu. You, you, you know, people are going to, that's all you're thinking of. If for the Supreme Macaroni, you're not thinking, you know, what's good macaroni with sauce. <laughs> it's like not going in there. They wanted to save that. it as one of those like off menu items that only the real insiders at the Supreme Macaroni Company know about. <laughs> right. Well, and that's why they went in there and they're like, hey, give me the uh, the mac and cheese. You know what I'm talking about. And get it right the first time. Because that's well, the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've, wait, that gives me a great idea. God, I say, really say wish... that again. Waiter, yeah. say that again. Well, no, it would be if you were in any sitcom uh, or where any any movie ever you, you would have the thing going like what did you just say i i said get it right the first time no 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 you have to go like this that's the main thing no 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 what you said before that that's how it works in television yeah. what did you just say wait so you do it now so you say both lines get it right the first time that's the main thing what did you just say that's the main thing no 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 the thing before that get it right the first time of course Right the first time, it's so obvious that has to be the song just before everybody has a dream. Don't you see, Phil? Don't you see the stranger? So, will I get a writing credit on that? No, oh. <laughs> back Sorry, to that's... the macaroni company for me. <laughs> we should do a little play uh, for one of these episodes, maybe one of the wrap ups, a little play that you and I do where we're just we're coming up with the ideas for these songs. Like you play Phil Ramone, I'll play Billy or the, whatever it is. And we come up with a little play on how we came up with the songs. That would be a great new segment. Like every song, it'd be like the, the weirdest way that they came up with the idea. Right. Or just be like, well, you said it, stranger. What did you just say? <laughs> every episode. is. <laughs> yeah, it's always the same thing at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about going to Vienna for the holidays. Excuse me? What did you just... <laughs> Go, going away for the holidays? No, before that. V Vienna. <laughs> That's it. Of course. It's all adding up. Oh, I know. It's that movie with um, Benedict Cumberbatch. They do it in that movie. They do it in series movies. The, oh, the, the imitation game. Yes. And um, he goes, well, you know, they always end with uh, Heil Hitler. What did you just say? And that's how he discovers the coat. It's in the movie. And when I was new, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. They used my sitcom bit, you know, that everybody's in this very serious movie about, yeah. getting, you know, getting right, figuring out the German Nazi code. What did you just say? I said, Heil Hitler. No, I said, that's what they always end with. No, no. Before that, I believe they did that exact bit. I'll find it. No, also, I think I think Independence Day has it. I think uh, they're trying to figure out how they can stop these aliens. And what did you just say? I said <laughs> we could load a virus. Of course. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah no, right. someone, someone's like, uh, boy, I'm really coming down with a bad virus. 
Wait, say that again. I'm I'm coming down with a virus. Of course, a virus. A computer Don't you virus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the best episode ever. Let's do trivia. Let's do trivia. All right, Elon, I always go first. Okay. No, For no reason. I don't know why. We could so go first. Who cares? No, this we're going to it up. You go first. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see if I worded this correctly for you. I try and not make it too difficult because uh, I want you to get it correct. There are multiple artists that use la la la's as a filler, I guess, for lack of lyrics or because they're idiots. Two of them who have rather famous songs that use these things are named Stevie. <laughs> Can you name them and the song that they use these la la's in? Okay, so one of them is Stevie Wonder. Yes. La la. <laughs> what song it, is that? You're singing it. You're singing I know, it. but I can't. La 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 la. Oh, my Sharia Moore. That's right. Thank Who's the other Stevie? It. Stevie Nicks. Correct. Stand back. Is that the song? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for not making me guess. I never. Yeah, I didn't. I could see by your expression. uh, I was like, he ain't going to get it. So some guy named Stevie Nicks. I don't know. Stand back. Stand back. Stand back, your man. (laughs) Yeah. You know what else I was thinking of was uh, Simple Minds. Don't you forget about me. Yeah. La, 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 la. You know, I didn't think any of those songs had la la's until I was thinking about la la's like they don't it's weird. They just fit right into the, those three in, in particular. They just fit into the songs. And then you realize like how many la la's there are in it. And you're like, boy, they just uh, ran out of yeah, that guy really didn't want to write that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's like stupid movie. I don't want to do this crap. That simple. My that breakfast club one. They, uh, they, they sing la la for about an hour and a half. And it works. That's a great La La song. Totally work. And you know what he does? I think in the video, he has his arms in the air spinning around when he's singing it. So maybe that's where I was thinking of it. Definitely. Yeah. Well, listen, I try and get it right the first time. That's the main thing. Thank you. Oh, my God. I can't believe I had to wait on that. Dramatic pause. (laughs) Did you say menopause? (laughs) Yeah, that is what I said. All right. Um, Elon, what's your trivia question for me? Well, Dave, this song has a bossa nova beat. Hmm. What bossa nova song won record of the year in 1965? Why do you keep doing this to me? Why do you keep doing this to me? These horrible. I like questions from the 80s. I'm just putting it out there. So all okay. right, I'll go uh, let me this. let me try another one. What bossa nova song won record of the year 20 years before 1985? <laughs> all right. Well done. That's funny. All right. So we know you and I know that the Bob Newhart album won album of the year i think the year before it or after it it was like 61 or 62 but that's right. al- album of the year this is um record of the year that's oh it's a, it's a oh, single that's, song oh that's not fair i hate record of the year nobody knows what that is because we know don't go change in one record of the year <laughs> but let me see is it is it is it quincy jones no um it, it oh wait herb albert no oh I don't know who even sang the song. It's but the song is well known. You'll know the name of the song. 
It's a very famous Bossa Nova song. It kind of kicked is off. Is it downtown? <laughs> no, no, no. When you're alone and life is me. That's not, it's, is that Bossa Nova? That's not Bossa Nova. No, 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 it goes. It, the reason why I said, listen to the rhythm of the gentle Bossa Nova. Uh, yeah. That's, that's why I, I thought about it. All right. I have no idea. The girl from Ipanema. I love that song. You ever hear the Sammy Davis version? Tall and tan and young and lovely. The girl from Ipanema goes walking. And when she passes each time, she passes. I go, ah, it's amazing. It's for my dream of genie. It's unbelievable. It's one of the that and he does that old black magic. And I dream of genie are two of the greatest versions of these two songs I've ever heard in my life. And oh. I'm glad that they are on a television show that we can have them. Sammy Davis Jr. He's the king. He was the man. That's how he opens it up. Maybe that's the Bassa Nova beat. And while he's singing that song, he's uh, he's practicing. And Major Nelson is uh, waiting for him to talk to him. And his manager is sitting reading a, a book. And he takes the book away from him so he can concentrate on Sammy. It's really funny. It's not me that she sees. All right. That turned out to be a pretty good question because I apparently had material on it. So. <laughs> I knew it. I was like, <laughs> you know figure. this song. Everyone knows this song. <laughs> Dave knows it. It's the year he was born. Well, it's time for the Weird Alon parody of Get It Right the First Time. And well, that's one, the main thing. It is the I main believe thing. You didn't pause and let me say I was just about to say to you, Elon, no pressure. You got to get this right the first time. That would have been funny. You didn't say that's the main thing. <laughs> All right, go ahead. This is funny if the song gag. title actually <laughs> used, for like, years. I wouldn't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if the song title had parentheses and the whole thing, that whole phrase was the title. Do you know like, how difficult it is for me to not put it into parentheses when I put it up on the on, on our podcast listing? I, I want to put it, but that's the main thing. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you, luckily, there's a character limit. So let's you do weren't the, able uh, to do that. Let's do the parody. Okay, so my parody is called Get a Ride with Uber. Okay. All right. You can play the crickets <laughs> now. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm, let's see how it is. I'm going to give you a chance here. Okay. <laughs> get a ride with uber is such a strange thing hopping in a stranger's car your driver is high but he ain't drinking so you're still gonna give him five stars la 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 <laughs> thank you for not murdering me la 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 maybe i should get my own car hey now well, <laughs> those la la la's completely make the song for whatever it was or what you were doing. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty good. I wanted more rhyming, but the la la la's made it. It could have been. <laughs> well, that's it's kind of, when you were doing the la. That's what I was thinking. Of. I think that's why it made me laugh. You just sometimes when you get into it like that, it's really funny. You're just so happy, and then it makes me laugh. I like singing la-las. Who doesn't? That's why it was so joyful. Well, folks, that was Get It Right the First Time. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. 
Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. What other songs have great la 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 lyrics? Do you like the Donny Osmond version or is Dave crazy? And why do you think Billy hasn't played this song live in over 40 years? Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Jeskout, man. <laughs> and this is Billy Joel A to Z. That was terrible. <laughs> Give it one good try Gonna take my chance and